Let's start jamming before we get this pod going on here at the session. Come on in, y'all, and welcome to the first episode of the session for the culture by the culture. Um, this is a space where we speak to people from the culture from all different walks of life, and we discuss their experiences in life that have influenced their impressions towards mental health. Um, on today's episode, we'll be discussing one of the biggest stigmas in my personal viewpoint um, when it comes to the mistrust or the miscommunication or the rebuild of our relationship with mental health as African-Americans. And that one thing that's kind of there for us is the big topic of religion. Um, It's big, like it's a place to where we go to as black people, as a culture, to express and be one with, with, with God and all those things. And, As I thought about this topic, I thought of this very important and special guest that I wanted to have on the pod today. Um, I first learned about this guest by her intriguing slogan slash phrase that she came up with on one of her like crazy cute design sweaters. Um, And that phrase is Jesus plus therapy. And from then on, I've been like, I need this in my life. Um, And it's just been great, right? So. She is the CEO of the company Jewels of Jericho, super cute name. She is very inspiring and she is beyond amazing. And I'm so glad and so happy that I get to have her on this podcast with me today before she manifests and become this bigger person that I will no longer get to have, but I can say that I had her um, in my presence. And her name is Chelsea Hargraves, y'all. Okay, and so I'm gonna let Chelsea go ahead and introduce herself. Um, so take a, take the floor, Chelsea. Tell us a little bit about you. What's up for <laughs> the culture? Yes. By the culture family. Um, it is a pleasure and an honor um, to be on this podcast. Um, let's give a hand, a virtual clap uh, to Miss Alyric Miles, Aww. who has been the pillar and the foundation builder of this. So I'm super excited. Um, a little bit about me. Mm-hmm. Um, I am from a small town called Lexington, North Carolina. But when I was one, which I don't remember, this is all my parents doing and storytelling. Um, I grew up in, from from the age of one um, in Burlington, North Carolina, which is where the connection comes from. Mm-hmm. Lyric and I, 56, um, B-Town, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yes. And from there, I went to um, elementary, middle and high school, was very active in um, sports. I did cheerleading, volleyball and track. And from track um, is where my collegiate career started. I ended up leaving those two sports, volleyball and um, cheerleading. And I focused on track and field um, after my junior year to focus on getting into college. And from there, I went to App State. Another connection, Mountaineers. <laughs> you already know Boone, North Carolina, and um, a lyric and I. We had a class, a couple classes together. But about my company. Um, so that's a little bit about my background, um, school, um, family. I'm from a PK family. If you don't know what PK is, it's pastor's kid. My dad is a pastor, and um, I've always been and grown up in the church. So that is a big foundation for me, my faith and my Christian walk. Um, My company was derived from, I'm going to get a little biblical and spiritual real quick. Um, There was one dark space that I was in when I was in college, and I remember going through some very, very rough times. 
And I did not have the language for what I was going through. I didn't want to self-diagnose myself. I was very strong on my faith and what I believed. And I knew that what I was going through wasn't something not only that I would deal with forever, but I knew that it was only temporary. From then, um, the Lord began to speak to me and deal with me about what I was going through. And he gave me the name Jewels of Jericho, which is derived from the book of Joshua um, about the battle of Jericho. And basically, when they went to the battle, before they went to the battle, there was some treasures that were put aside um, before the battle. And God reminded me after the battle was done, the whole city was destroyed. Everything in its path was destroyed, except those treasures that were put aside. And so he reminded me that even in my struggles and my battles that I go through in life, that he's put me aside. He's put me as a treasure, untouched, unbroken. You know, some situations we're broken, we feel broken, but we're not broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we feel that way, God has every piece to put us back together. So that's where Joseph Jericho came from. And then Jesus in therapy is like another pillar of that whole um, business. Um, Jesus in therapy, normalizing the negative stigma around being a Christian and going to therapy. It's something people often look at and they say, well, why are you going to therapy? I mean, you just got this going on or you just need to pray about it. But sometimes, first and foremost, the Bible says faith without works is dead. So you can have faith, but what are you doing to work towards the faith that you have that God will heal you, he will make you whole with whatever you're dealing with. And so he would never put doctors, first and foremost, that deal with your heart, cardiologists, you have optometrists, uh, ophthalmologists, um, all these people that specialize in things that our bodies have. We have uh, major organs. And he not have, he put therapists on this earth to deal with our mental health, um, psychologists. Mm -hmm. So this was like a big movement for me. And it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing to hear the stories of people really being challenged and stepping out on faith and going to therapy and even being, um, being in a space where it's been so, such a positive thing in their life. So that's where Jules of Jericho came from and um, Jesus in therapy. So that's a little bit about me. Yes, you gave us a whole word in there. She was like, let me let me just educate you guys real quick. I love it. When, ever since I seen you start that company, I was like, I am in awe because it was something that I had never really thought about. Like me as a therapist, like just listen to what you said. It is really difficult to integrate my religion into being a therapist and also just me outside of being a therapist, me as an African-American woman wanting to go to therapy due to like, we just go to church, right? Mm -hmm. But the idea and thought is, which is nothing wrong with that. And I love how your company just says we can do both and and still be great and do the work that we have to do. So I'm really amazed by that. That is super duper. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I love it. So you kind of spoke about, I want you to kind of, I want to delve into about our experiences with religion, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned earlier that you are a PK, which is a preacher's kid. Uh, Chelsea had told Mm -hmm. us that. So what kind of connection do you have with God? How was that like kind of growing up? Um, You know, I like to think of it as um, a baby, to give you an analogy or a visual depiction of what I'm referring to. But um, I like to think of myself as a baby when I first was um, introduced or even born into um, my life. I mean, from the womb, of course, my parents would pray over me and things of that nature. But I was actually born into, um, you know, my dad being a pastor, my mom, a first lady, and then them being the pastors over a church. And so as a baby and even as a toddler and uh, middle, my middle childhood and growing into high school, it was more like I was still on Similac as a baby. Yeah. independency or my level of maturity as far as my spiritual walk it was not until I would even say my 20 
fourth, maybe even fifth, 25th birthday this past November that the Lord really has elevated me spiritually um, and spiritually in, in my maturity, in um, my spiritual walk. And so it was one of those things that, yes, you know, um, the Bible will train up a child as they go, they will never depart from it. But that's so true. And you can instill so many things and so many nuggets and so many scriptures. Um, but at some point in your life, it clicks. It's yeah. like, oh, my God. And I think really when I really started to go through horrible and um, just hard decisions and um, situations in my life is really when I um, found my way in my own walk and my own identity in Christ. Um, yes, I am a Christian. And so that's really where um, my connection is, is that, um, yes, my father and my mother built and even people as I went along and still various things in me. Um, there has to be a point in your life where you have to take that and, and, and use it as that responsibility to build and create your own identity of who you are in Christ or your religion. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's pretty much that. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty valid experience. Right. And I, and through your story, I thought about my own, like walk with religion, like same kind of upbringing. My mom always had me in the church. My grandma always had me in the church being sprinkled, like being baptized two extra times because my grandma was like, no, she's not, it's not it. <laughs> right. Oh, man, yeah. And like, just seeing like, as I heard you talk, it's like how important church is or religion is and foremost for our community. Right. Like I think about that time and time again. And I think as African-American people and specifically as women, cause we are two African-American women sitting here, I think when we speak of God or our religion, it it seems like kind of iffy to some other people like that aren't within this culture, because I don't think they understand the deep connection that we have in relation to our religion. Right. Like I remember sitting in several courses or classes or even just in my experience with people outside of this culture and speaking about my religion. And they're looking at me like, what is this girl talking about? Like, why is she so connected? Um, because it's it's just a way of being and a way of life. And you brought up a good point of like, sometimes we tend to lose that. Like I noticed when I started going to college, I lost it a little bit. And then like, as you said, like around 24, I started to understand like I'm out here by myself and some of these things that I've learned growing up, they've kind of fizzled and now I have to create new meaning to them. Yes, and, and that's important and powerful in itself because once you leave the house, <laughs> things get a little bit difficult. Um, you start realizing real world things. So I think that's really important to understand about the concept. And to be fair, like everybody out there listening, I think Black church is the epitome of a great life. Like, I don't know... When I think about God, I don't think about... I don't think I think about God the way other cultures do. I'm like... And I'm just going to reference, you know, God is like my friend at this point. He's somebody that I've created a relationship with that's unique to me, right? I don't believe that my relationship with God is going to look the same as everybody else's, but it's me and mine. And I appreciate it. And I just don't understand that people understand that, like how, how dope God is sometimes. Listen, he's a real goat. He is. And I think that every person within our community, not every person, but at least a part of our culture can say that they had at least started off in some realm of the church or at least have a unique relationship with God. But it's still important to them, because at the end of the day, when situations happen to us, I think for me, the lasting piece that I have is God. I find myself praying or I find myself just thinking about God or wanting to have a deeper connection when things happen to me in life that aren't so great due to mm -hmm. either race or just due to just circumstance. Um, but yeah. Right. That's a great point. That's a great point. I feel that like you just in what you were saying, I think it's very important, especially as African-Americans to talk about our experiences because some of us haven't, and then some of us have had the same. So I think that's really dope. Um, mm -hmm. Yes. I, can, 
I can only imagine this kid I'm into it so I'm like I can only imagine the stress or the anxiety with that and what comes along with that um I am not a preacher's kid I like to call myself like a preacher's granddaughter um (laughs) because of how much I was in the church and then my grandma being so associated with the church and what that might cause and what that might bring so I kind of want to switch gears to you talked a little bit about in your company of being well in the creations of your company of how like maybe this you had a time where it was a little rough and you start to kind of think of like God has put me in this space or helped me within this space but maybe I need to do some extra work in that as it pertains to my mental health so what was kind of that experience that made you kind of think that I need some extra help here like I need to go get some extra things um I think it was a series of many um points in my life or many phases in my life there were so many moments where um I went against everything that I knew and when I say everything everything that I knew was right in order to accommodate um the feelings of others the expectations of others um the needs of others there were so many situations and I would say for um, in particular, for example, was really in college. Um, I can't really speak on one experience because there were so many moments where um, I just forgot. Yeah. Because of my own choices, because of my own um, desires. And of course, like I said, um, when you feel like you are different yeah. and you're different in a way where you have to fit in or mm-hmm you have to do certain things in order for people to like you. Um, I realized was when I went to college that my foundation was not as strong as I thought it was. And so, you know, there comes a time where you have to say, okay, so I know what I've done here. I know that I shouldn't have done this. So how do I move from this? And it took some self-reflection. It took some moments of really, therapy, acknowledging the root of why I was so adamant and so um, stuck on just pleasing others and trying to fit in. When in fact, the realization that I had, I said to myself, why is it so hard for you to be who God has created to you to be? Yeah. If that's who he created you to be. Exactly. And not anything else. If you really sit and think about it, Trying to be something else that God never designed you to be is hard. I mean, think about, let's say, for example, uh, I'm just going to use a vacuum cleaner. Something very simple. And yeah, imagine a vacuum cleaner trying to act as if it was a carpet cleaner, like the carpet cleaners that clean you know sayings and things of that nature I mean vacuum cleaners they only really get things off the ground you know objects or little pieces of paper some debris or whatever and um it's so much harder because when it was designed it was not designed for that purpose so the resources and the way that it was supposed to be um the purpose that it's supposed to serve, it has no knowledge of that. It has no prior knowledge. It has no even existence because when it was manufactured, when it was made, it wasn't made to vacuum and suck up objects and spurt some water out and clean ups. Right. Do you get what I'm saying? I got you. I got you. I see what you're saying. I hope I'm painting a picture. And that really just came out of nowhere. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But I mean... <laughs> That's when I had the realization. I said, it's so much harder for you to try to be something else that God never even designed for you to be. He didn't even give you those attributes, that personality. He didn't give you that. So why would you even go outside of that? And when I figured that out, my whole life changed because you know what? You will not always be everyone's cup of tea. You won't. You won't. And And it's okay. When you're confident in what the Lord has given to you and who you are as a person, you will appreciate the fact that you are everybody's cup of tea. Thank you. Because everybody will begin to drink from you and take from you 
when in fact it's not intended so yeah <laughs> so this is kind of diverting but i like that right you're not gonna be everybody's cup of tea and that's okay right mm-hmm. if you continue to be around those people then you're gonna become empty because they're gonna take like you said they're gonna take 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 and i think what you just ex- like spoke about and especially with us going to a pwi um you find yourself being something that you're not or a little bit different than what you prefer to be right and that's very important and very valid in this conversation as black people as women to just discuss about what that looks like what that change looks like and how we have to be different or how we have to be pushed to be different in certain settings right until we find out who we are and so that's crazy cool though. Sorry, but there is like it's crazy cool. Uh, or the PWI. Uh, it's crazy cool. Yeah, um, we a different breed, honey. Black people going to PWIs, we a different breed. Come on, black people that go to HBCUs, they a different breed too. Okay, we a different breed. We're a different breed. Okay. <laughs> and that's why I agree with you when you said around twenty four twenty, like in college. No, I would not be that same girl. Like when you step out of that, and I think maybe because it is a PWI situation, when you step out of it, it's different. But right. one thing I will say is that going to a PWI made me look at things a little bit differently than what I would have looked at them in my own. Absolutely. Like when I think about the first day that I decided that I wanted to become a therapist and help within this fight of getting African-Americans to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that started in my setting of a PWI, right? We would be in all these classes that talked about mental health towards people that weren't of color. And right, and I think my mind kind of was like, well, how can we get there? And I think when you're sitting in those seats, you kind of question yourself on like, well, therapy is kind of whack, right? Mm. As a therapist myself, my first therapy session, I was like, this is kind of whack. I don't want to be here. Right. Yeah. I'd rather go somewhere else. I'd rather do something else. Yeah. Um, I could say a PWI did help me to understand maybe getting some outside sources when I'm feeling a certain way could be helpful. And that speaks to that point when you spoke about of like, why would God like let us do or be something without getting our extra resources? And I think even in your example about the vacuum, it's the same kind of thing of like very simple right I really (laughs) like that I love a simple analogy like that was genius um thank you thank you you're brilliant you're brilliant okay um no okay but so when you were going through that hard time did you ever seek some time what were your okay let's talk about this what were some of your opinions about therapy during some of those times was that did that ever come across your mom therapy was not something that i even thought about right um, i thought that number one i'm like I'm, i don't have time for this exactly <laughs> i don't have time for therapy i don't have time to sit down in front of someone and tell them i don't i honestly felt like i had unofficial therapists in my life mm-hmm. and i thought that was enough oh, i'm gucci right but when I tell you there were some nights when I had insomnia and anxiety, I was taking melatonin to help me sleep. So many things. I'm like, okay, what is this? Like, why am I dealing with this? And even in those moments, I wasn't like, I gotta go to therapy. I mean, I was, I just wasn't. It wasn't something that was around me that everyone around me was experiencing and that is so important in your environments that you're around because you can either pick up bad habits or you can pick up good habits and we as women I mean I feel as though we really thrive off the fact that when we have someone going through something else with us at the same time it just feels so much better than you feeling like you're alone and now that most of my friends and my fiance is in therapy and we get to talk about different things, it shifts everything. The narrative. She says, I don't say, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. My blessing manifesting it out there. Um, maybe if I be around more fiance, I'll get a fiance. Okay. Um, but no, you brought up some good points, right? And I think even in your conversation, I think about some times I went through some difficult times. I would call my mama. And she would say, 
Let's pray about it. Um, mm-hmm. Which is great and good. And that's something I still do today. But her first initial response would be, let's pray about it. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point, you get to a point, at least I did, when you prayed a lot and a lot and a lot and a lot, and you're like, I'm not getting better. Like, I mean, the situation seems to look like it's getting better, but am I feeling better? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that's when I noticed maybe God is telling me, and I don't know all my initial thoughts, maybe because my mom told me to go pray. My initial thoughts were like, maybe God is telling me to go do something else. Let me figure out a different resource because maybe he's saying, well, you got to get through this. And you got you got me, but you need something else. And what could that something else be? Like I had my friends, I had my parents, I had God, but I also went to, I needed something else. And I think for me, going to somebody that wasn't of color that said, well, maybe you should try out therapy. For me, I feel like God placed that individual in my life because that conversation that we had was so different and so unique. It was like, go to therapy, girl. Like, Mm -hmm. you need this. It's not going to look different from you. So much like me, did you ever have an experience or any type of conversation with somebody that led you to go to therapy or to look up some extra things about your mental health? Yes. Um, for one, um, my sister has a background in social work. Mm-hmm. And so um, that kind of came, that kind of stemmed where, um, you know, my initial thoughts of therapy, but honestly, it was not until I really got into the healthcare field. Exactly. Yeah. Same. I am like, I'm about to be three years working in a doctor's office, family medicine. And I think what's really shifted everything is to hear um, so many patients calling or requesting medications for anxiety or depression. And it's very common. It's very common, more common than I would like. And, you know, whenever a patient comes in that's having a crisis or we call the crisis helpline and they come in and all of that also came from the fact that when I finally got on my own insurance, yeah. that therapy was covered through my employer, like two sessions a month or two sessions every quarter, something along those lines. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> okay. So um, this is like free. free. Right. It's free. Let's do it. Right. <laughs> yes. And so from there is when I really began to formulate this whole Jesus in therapy thing. And I saw so many of my peers, so many of my um, Christian uh, friends and people that went to my church, just battling with so many things. And um, I'm like, no, this something is missing. Like you said, we there's something missing. And sometimes it. I don't know why we're so simple-minded sometimes in this way, because I mean, think about how the Lord speaks through other people. So why wouldn't he give, there are Christians and believers in that are therapists, psychologists. So you really think he wouldn't, but he is not that simple. God is everywhere. Okay. He's wise. So and I feel like you you brought up something, right? It's kind of like, why? I think for me, when I started to think about this subject of mental health and God, it's of course when I saw your post about Jesus and therapy, and I started to reflect on my own like relationship with God. I was like, why am I like doubting God? Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's like, it made me feel like I was simplifying him to nothing and saying, well, eh, he might not know. Like he know, like we need this extra thing. And I feel like I'm almost making him feel like, okay, well, I'm doing this work on my end. And what work are you doing? Like, what, what are you doing? Not saying that he would be upset, but just that was my mindset of, well, dad, let me get to this therapy room so I can at least do my part. He's doing his part. And what part am I doing? Right. I'm just sitting around here. He probably like this girl begging and begging. Got up <laughs> and then she wonder why her life not going the way she. No, I'm just joking. He probably wouldn't think that, but in my head, I'm like, okay, girl, get to there. And so I agree with that. And another part that I kind of want to speak up to is like that I was gonna ask you is like when you started to seek therapy, 
and you went back to church or you went to those in the church that you saw that were battling with some things, what was kind of the perceptions there? Did you get any like backlash or were people like open to it? No, in fact, um, one of the biggest things, my father has said this many times and really speaking on the black community is Mm -hmm. we perish because of lack of knowledge. And part of that, people don't really know these things exist because they haven't been exposed to it. Just simple as that. And so honestly, with us, we have to have, um, it's almost like, and with our generation, we got to have proof. We got to know, okay, is this going to work? I need to know right now, is it going to work? And with therapy, yes, you know, mate, like me, the initial visit, I'm like, okay, this has shifted my life in a very, very positive way. But then there's also points where you, it may, that may not be your experience. So even if it's not your experience, will you persevere? Will you have the patience to go through this? And therapy, let me just put this disclaimer out there. It's not all peaches and cream. Let's just say that. Um, You are really, I like to think of therapy as myself as a tree rooted in so many things these roots are just coming out and so many attached to so many things trauma childhood trauma um neglect or abandonment or depression all these roots Mm -hmm. and it's almost like someone taking the tree and pulling it out of the roots and even looking at that or even imagining that it, it hurts it looks like it hurts it looks very painful. Yeah. Um, and you're essentially taking it from what it seemed like it was life almost. But there are bad roots. You can be connected to good roots and bad. You can have good roots and bad roots. And so those bad roots are, are the toughest ones. And so, like I said, it's not all pieces and cream. There will be times that are tough. There will be times where you realize and you self-reflect. And you're like, hmm, well maybe that was me in that situation. And it does not always feel good. But when I tell you the end result, you're so much better for so many people around you. And I think my biggest, my biggest task and biggest um, goal to being whole is for my children. Because I never want them to deal with anything that I dealt with because of me. Say it one more time for the people in the back. That is that. I think yes, yes. And I don't yeah. know if that's something that like we as Black women have to think about because I mm-hmm. often think about the kids that I don't even have yet and what that's I'm right. giving to them. Like if I'm not good, how? Like my whole thing is like if I'm not good and figuring out what I need to work on first, how can I be a great mother? How can I instill in them some things? So they can be these individuals out here doing the things that me and you are doing right now, having these mm-hmm. conversations. And that's so powerful and like impactful to what we need to be doing as a community. And another thing you spoke on was like the lack of knowledge within our community. If we don't know something, we not doing it. <laughs> if it looks funny, we not doing it. No. And I will also say some backlash that I've kind of gotten when I talk about this and not necessarily within the church, but just with within our community in general is that it always has this association with whiteness or that mm-hmm. you are going to therapy that you're bougie or you're acting white or it could be the flip of mistrust of like why are you telling this individual your business um knowing our historical oppressions with that culture right it's like how can you trust them How can you know that they're giving you great advice? How can you understand that they're at least willing to help you in your situations? So, I mean, that's just a lot of it. Man, you said a mouthful. Yeah, sorry. I have to stop myself sometimes. Sometimes I get a little rowdy. But no, like, that's just one thing that I found within our community, too, is also with that lack of knowledge. Like you said, it's like, we just can't go to therapy to go to therapy without being judged by our own people sometimes. And that's where I'm like, how can we get us to come together to understand that we can trust this, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, sometimes you got to take a break when you... <gasps> yes. No, this conversation is interesting. And I think mm-hmm. religion itself mixed with 
mental health is one of those things that I've never seen really combined. It's almost as if it cannot be done um, within our mm-hmm. community, which is okay. Like we can all think it, but just figuring out how we can do that. Right. I wanted to yes. ask, right. Um, and I think we kind of just spoke to, what do we think may have caused that? Like what may have caused this within our culture to be like, therapy's not it. Like we need to go to church first. Like what is, what are we, what What do you think caused that? I think a lot of it has stemmed from my ancestors and um, everything they went through. I mean, if you really sit back and think about it, when our parents were our age, yeah. therapy didn't exist. Yeah. What was therapy? I mean, because at that point, I mean, they bear, well, not even our parents. I'm going to say it existed, but it wasn't, mm-hmm. it was probably non-existent, basically, um, yeah, in the like, community. Yeah. I like to think it was like a more white privilege. Like when I say white privilege, like it was privileged to those who were white. Right? Yeah. Had that necessity, right? So for <laughs> us, it wasn't, we weren't able to reach it, right? <laughs> And I remember, I can even speak on this, and um, I'm sure my mom doesn't mind me speaking on this, um, is there was a situation when my um, with one of my family members. And, um, you know, I remember my mom saying, well, I think um, we're going to take her to therapy. I think we're going to take her to therapy. And my grandmother was like, no, no, she's going to be fine. She's going to be fine. She's going to be okay. And um, now that I've come up with this, you know, me and God and Jesus in therapy, um, not only has it challenged them to go to therapy and they're in therapy, but it's like, now you guys see where the break, where the gap was, you know, because it was so, no, 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 no. And honestly, people think that when you go to therapy, something's wrong with you. That's the first thing. First and foremost, yes, there are many psychological mental illnesses around that have been researched that people actually go through, like schizophrenia and post-traumatic stress disorder, those types of things. But why can't I just go to somebody that ain't going to tell my business? Why I can't? (laughs) And I'm about to get country and uh, slightly um, not as grammatically correct, but why can't I? Come on. Go to therapy because I just want to talk to someone who's not going to tell my business. Thank you. And sometimes that's all it is. Sometimes that's just all it is. It's just yes. a space to where I know you ain't going to tell my business. That's it. Absolutely. Jesus. Lord. Because you know, <laughs> if you tell anybody else, the whole, and uh, podcast listeners from where we're from, if you tell anybody else, it's going to be around the whole daggone county at that point. So why can't we just go to somebody and talk about what we're going through? What is right. so wrong with that? I mean, we can tell, I love telling God about my problems, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I think God would love me more if I went to go tell that to somebody else that could actually walk me through it in more depth, right? For myself, not saying that God can't because he can, but just more in depth for myself at that moment or in that time. And that's all I need. It's not like I'm asking for, you know, a million dollars or, you know, I'm just asking to be heard and listened to. Absolutely. Because, yes, I mean, therapy is like a refresher. And, you know, you sign them papers. In this room, it's disclosed. Anyway, it's okay, cool. So, you know, make sure they, as as a therapist, right, as you are a therapist, but from the sitting on the other side of things as the client, you know, we, it's creating that safe space and trust. Yes. Because it is hard to talk about hard things. I mean, but it's getting it out. You know, we're overcome by our testimony because we're sharing an experience that we've overcome, you know, to empower and to help someone else. And so that's like the flip side of therapy almost. It's like, no, they may have not gone through it, but they've studied it. They've, um, dealt with someone else that may have gone through the same thing so I don't see the difference and honestly I'm just grateful for 
therapists out there, especially in this time. I just want to shout out all the therapists out here, psychologists. You are appreciated. A lyric, you appreciated and boom. And I'll say like, thank you for that. Right. Cause that's, that's really unique and cool to your experience and just the experience of everybody. And I think, like you said, going to therapy does not mean that you have a distinctive problem. It just means that you, you, you're going through something. You just want to talk. I've had so many clients in the past not now come to me and say like, do I have a problem? And to me, that's like, you don't have, and especially African-American clients. Then do I have a problem in having like 16 year old girls? Because I work with children say, Do I have a problem? Like, why am I here? And that's so hurtful because her first association or his first association will be that therapy has to be because I have an issue or a problem, right? And right. that just sucks. Mm-hmm. Sorry to be so blank, like that, that sucks. And to know that therapists, even if you do have a problem or something that you identify as a problem, just know that we're here to listen. Like at the end of the day, my job is just here to listen to you so you can have that safe space, like Chelsea said, right? Having a safe space is important and making sure that you have that for yourself is critical to life, in my opinion. And I'm biased, but it's critical. Um, but yeah, girl, that that trips me out. Like just knowing why we all can't be on that central level of knowing of like, this is just a safe space. And yeah. Thanks. Sorry if I got a little detailed. But I was like, that's just where it needs to be. And I think as we continue to grow in our relationships with our higher power, with God, we should continue to build a relationship with ourselves and get to know what we need too. Mm-hmm. That's very important to know. But yeah, I think as for us the community, just to circle back around, I think that may come from just like our community, our culture, what we've been taught. Maybe the resources weren't accessible to us. Um, maybe there's a mistrust somewhere in the line, right? Right, exactly, exactly. Good. So yeah, that's what I think is kind of, well, what are some things that you think <coughs> could help us as a community to get there to to understand our mental health a little bit better? I'm so sorry. I had to yawn. It's okay. Um. It's been a long day, but I will say that, um, you know, it's cliche, but I'm learning the power in my voice, mm-hmm. the power in what I know and educating myself. I think also when you educate yourself, you have to be somewhat interested in what you're learning about, because if you're not interested in it, you're probably not going to want to learn about it. <laughs> and so my question is, where do we draw the interest? Where do we draw the attention to therapy? And I think one of the biggest things is providing um, evidence. Yeah. Evidence. And evidence simply comes from sharing your story. Because everything that you've gone through, you're not going to wear it. You're not going to be like, you get what I'm saying? You're not going to walk around and say, you know, for me, for example, I'm just speaking on something I went through, um, you know, going through an abusive relationship or something of that nature. Like, that's not something that's written across your forehead. And so I think one of the biggest things is evidence and sharing your story and empowering other people. I mean, just in the past week, this week, you know, I had my best friend to hit me up and just to talking to me about how she would have never went to therapy had I not been there to in not only um, give her knowledge of therapy and the resources, but also um, how important it is in what she was going through. Because, you know, we can talk to our girlfriends, we can talk to our best friends, um, mom and dad all the time. But, you know, sometimes what you need is just some more expertise in what you're going through. And, on top of that, you know, even my sister was talking to me about her and what she was um, dealing with and how she just feels more empowered and um, excited about even her journey in therapy. And so, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things is even though my actual therapist that I had, I'm no longer with with him because it did not work out. But you know what? The greatest thing that I've gained from this, which 
doesn't mean that my journey is over. I'm going to find someone else. But hearing the stories of other people and how Jesus in therapy has impacted them to even be interested in starting therapy. So I think that is totally like how we can become reconnected is once we start to like engage with with each other and just see that there's a need and through testimony. Um, Mm -hmm. That ties me back to in church, we make a lot of testimonies and that connects us to each, each one's experience to do things for one another and things of that nature. And which leads me to kind of like segue into this question of, do you think there will ever be a time or do you think there's a way that we as a community or though, or let me rephrase that our churches within our community could kind of build this alliance and relationships with therapists within the community to try to get some of their members to the therapy seats. Oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Um, (laughs) It's funny and um, I don't mind sharing what the Lord um, shares with me with others because Mm. I'm very confident that yes, I can share what I may be doing, but I always say that what he's given to me, he's not going to give to someone else. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to get into detail about what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, not on that, but I will say that um, eventually um, I want to, Joseph Jericho, to be as a bridge, uh, bridge gapper or bridging the gap. Yes. Um, Between therapists and churches. I always said that I wanted us to, and I don't know what it'll look like, um, but basically, um, create a program or um, some type, something along those lines to connect us to other ministries to implement therapy services for their members. No cost, um, just there to have and to have access to because a lot of times, you know, we look for convenience to And so if it's somewhere where we're connected to, I mean, we're going there weekly, we're going there every Sunday and every Wednesday, maybe for a Bible study or something. And now things are shifting because COVID, a lot of things are virtual, but when you're connected to something like that and you're, you know, you hear so many stories about it and good things, you're going to be more intrigued to actually take advantage, especially of something free. I mean, come on. So that is one of the biggest things I think is meeting people where they are. I mean, because, you know, there's a lot of broken people. There's a lot of people that come in with things that are dealing with depression, but they don't have the language for it. And, you know, like I said, we can pray all day, but where is the works? Faith in the works. If I could have gotten in prayer about it, I've got the faith to believe that he's going to work it out. But what am I doing? Get him to work on my part. Thank you. And I agree. So when I actually, and I don't know if maybe this is right because it's, because when you, when I thought of your company, Jewels of Jericho, that's the first thing that I thought. I was like, I think this would be a great platform to merge that gapper because the things that I see you doing in the events that you hold really get into that niche of, of working with African-Americans that are predominantly in the church or primarily within the church to understand and see like some things that they might be dealing with and and saying like, it's okay to go to therapy. It's okay to think outside of this box, that there are other ways, you know, to think about it. And I think your company is a perfect gap and a perfect bridge of gaps. Um, That is so inspiring. Um, Because yeah, (laughs) yeah, that is so inspiring because I think when I talked about your company to colleagues and people within my cohort about it, I would often say, you know, I think she could be the individual to make that happen, right? I could see her company going so far to doing that in every type of community. That's what we need, right? And that's why I wanted you here because we need that within our community. We need somebody like that. It's a big burden and a big berry, like it's big to carry, but you got it. Cause I think about in my own experience and I think it's something so cool to say that we're dedicated to our people and our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying I'm not dedicated to anybody else's culture, but I think it's really unique when black people can say I'm dedicated 
to moving the needle within my community so mm -hmm. we can move forward, right? And I right. think, right. And I think about my experience, my ties with religion, same as you is like, I want to get out there and go to these different spaces. Because in my opinion, I think pastors are the first original therapist I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. um, if you think about it, they hear all of our problems, they walk us through them and they, they sit with us and make sure that we're okay. Right. My first experience with a therapist, I like to say, was with a pastor of mine mm -hmm. of like he's listening to me. He hears me and he's going to help me. Right. Absolutely. I never understood why the two could never be together, because in my viewpoint, I'm like, we're already doing it. <laughs> like we're already literally doing it unofficially, unofficially, unofficially every Sunday and then Wednesday nights and then over mm -hmm. the summer, we got to go to Bible study. We doing it. Yes, it's the difference. Um, and it's also important when we are the face of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. I totally understand if somebody within our community does not, they want to see people that look like them doing this work. Mm -hmm. um, and I totally get that. But no, I think your company can be a part of that change. Like you're already doing the work and I'm super excited about it for you. Thanks. Um, you so much. I mean, you just confirm so much of my heart. I feel like my heart just overflows so many times with ideas and things that I, I want to do. And I think the biggest thing, I just want people to grasp it. And so that's why I'm just kind of taking a step back to really evaluate um, what I want this to look like. And when it really comes out that it's it's official, that it's boom, you know? So, yeah. You got it. So I'm going to say Chelsea Hargrave, Jewels of Jericho. Thank you. The thank worker, you. The gapper. How are we going to say that? Uh, <laughs> uh, reconnecting African-Americans within the church um, to their mental health, right? I like yeah. to say we care about our spiritual health. We got that down packed. Now, how can we get to talking about our mental health? How can mm -hmm. we merge the two? Because they're one and the same. It looks a little different, but they're one and the same. And I think your company, and one of the reasons why I have you here is because I believe that for you and I see that for for you. Not a profit or anything, but I can see that happening for you. And I'm really excited. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Girl, so we done talked about a lot tonight. Yes, I love it though. You know, I think we got a lot on the table. You know, I think our community would be proud of us uh, for sitting here as. I like to say it's black women because I like to say black everything. I'm for everything black. So I'm like, as black women sitting here having conversations and being mutual one, with one another on a topic that it's difficult to have within our community. And mm -hmm. I appreciate you for taking your time to be here and discuss that with me today. It was truly an honor. <laughs> truly an honor. Truly um, empowering to yeah. even be sitting here just to conversate about this um you know it took some time to get here yeah. and so it's something to see um just the freedom um in sharing our experiences sharing our desires and our visions for not only ourselves but our community so empowering and i just i'm so grateful to be here and to uh let my voice be heard you got it. I know it's a small one, but we gonna make it. I'm like, I'm like super happy. Can I hold you for one more segment within our within this podcast? I'm yes, yes. Okay, girl. I know. I'm like, I don't want to hold people. I don't want to feel like when I was sitting in church younger, my pastor kept saying, "Can I hold you for one more minute?" One more minute. And I'm like, God bless. I can't. No, no, no. You're fine. Because I feel like, and I will share this. Well, growing up, I used to say I want to be a preacher teacher. So I always thought I would be a preacher. So mm -hmm. I am the person that will hold you up for the next 30 <laughs> minutes instead of the one minute. But I promise it's just a small segment. Okay? No, you're fine. That's my client. They'll be like, Miss Lear, she keep me here for a good while. <laughs> I always got a good word at the end of the day. Listen. Okay. <laughs> All right. So... This last segment is something that I wanted to put into the podcast. It'll be on the podcast for future guests. And I like to call putting the culture on, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Putting everybody on pretty much about, you know, Black businesses, Black owners, Black actors, Black voices, Black whomever, um, just putting them on in our community so we can go support them, right? 
anybody yeah. listening can go support them. So I know who I want to talk about, but my guest is here and I want her to go ahead and shout out and put on somebody for our culture um, to know about. Who might that be tonight, Miss Chelsea? Well, Whoa. I have two and yeah. I can't mention one without the other because they're one and the same and we're all one and the same. Okay. But my sisters, um, Chastity Anthony, first and foremost, um, my middle sister, She's like my big sister, and then I got a big, big sister. Okay, okay. But my big sister, um, Chastity Anthony, mother, wife, friend, sister, um, she is a calligrapher. Um, so the beautiful hand lettering that, you know, is really, really popular right now. She has her own company. It's called CA Creative Co. Um, and she also has a website, pretty much that same um, name for the web address. And um, from there, you know, there's many things that you can get personalized. Um, she's also just did a collaboration with um, an organiz organizing business where, you know, I know you probably see it's really big on TikTok too. Um, the organizing of your refrigerators and like pantries and things like that. Well, she personalized those with her hand lettering and um, she's doing that right now. Right now she just had a baby. Um, my sweet Bryce, number three. And so she's kind of been um, in the shadows a little bit dealing with motherhood, but she's coming out with some big things soon. And um, I'm just excited for her. That's number one. So remember the name CA Creative Co. Um, Chastity Anthony, um, hand lettering and calligraphy. Secondly is my big, big sister. Her name is Kiera Harris. She, she is a North Carolina photographer, um, black female, both black females. Mm -hmm. And um, she mainly, she does pretty much everything, um, weddings and newborn portraits. Um, she's done a lot of um, couples, engagements, things of that nature. And she's just simply amazing. Um, she's going to be doing my engagement photos and um she's she's taken many of my pictures so um kiara harris kiara harris photography that's k-i-a-r harris a-r-r-i-s photography and c-a creative co c-a creative co so yeah good and those are their for their instagram their websites and everything that we need to know about right Yes, every, it's the same. CA Creative Co. is the Instagram, and then the Kiera Harris Photography. It's all one word. So yeah. So y'all, I have I have checked out these two amazing women's um, work, and I will say they are top notch. Like great vibes, and I check them out. Good work. I love it. Every time I've seen Chelsea's photos, her sister has taken them, and I love them. Everything Chelsea has put up about calligraphy has been amazing and so this is a very superstar super talented family <laughs> y'all need to get on board we just put y'all onto them so yes put me on too so go follow them and support them y'all so one so i have one i have my cousin jasmine peer mentor she is a excellent nice and sweet young lady who's always supported me name's jasmine peer mentor she just came out with a new candle company called Height and Sense. And it's like luxury candles, you know, with prime essential oils, you know, okay. quality things that we need. Um, right now she has a website. It's called Height and Sense. Um, and oh, Sense is spelled S-C-E-N-T-Z uh, dot com. And right now she hasn't done a soft launch just yet but she's in preparation but i want you guys to go check that out at heightensense.com i think she's doing a good job of what she's got going and it's jasmine Pimenter. love you cuz um family you gotta boost your fam okay you boost them because they will love them. come on yeah. they get in water okay um <laughs> anything else you want to add to tonight's podcast chelsea um, pertaining to our topic or just anything in general to our listeners that they might need to know that, you know, they missed out on for tonight from you. Man, I forgot to even boost myself. Hold up. Wait a minute. Yes, girl. Come on. Boost Look, the company out there. Boost of Jericho. Okay. Um, the name. Remember the name. 
Joseph Jericho LLC. Yes. <laughs> but um, you can go on our website. It's jewelsofjericho.org. And that is all one word. And from there, you will find, um, you know, our website, but also our apparel line, Jesus and Therapy, where you can buy um, our brand, our products. Um, we have hats, crewnecks, which we'll be shifting soon because we're going into a new season and shirts as well. Um, so, yeah, please hop on that. Um, we would love to see you pop up and we'll send you a message just thanking you for purchasing an item um and just spreading the word i mean i think we don't realize how powerful it is to wear something that's that empowering on our chest so others can see it and even be in intrigued and inquire about it so again jewelsofderico.org um and yeah i think that's it this was great i enjoyed it this was my my avenue, my forte. You got it. And with my girl Alyric, I'm just so freaking proud of you and everything Thank that you're you. doing. Um, this is not about either of us, but I am shining this spotlight on you just to say thank you for this opportunity. And I just want to speak life into you, um, to be confident in everything that the Lord has given to you, to not second guess it, to not go against it to not even question it because everything that he's given to you, even in this moment, even getting your doctorate, even oh. empowering other people that you talk to every day is for a purpose. And he was intentional about this moment. He was intentional about everything that he's placed inside of you. So I can't wait to see where he's going to take you. And um, we sisters, period. You. That's we so sisters. nice. Thank you. <laughs> you yeah. got to make me little shit. Let's hear it. No, take it, receive it, receive it, receive it. I thank you, thank you, I, um, thank you, Chelsea. That meant a lot, and you are part of the reason why I wanted you to be my first guest. Right? You speak a lot of light, and you just have empowering things to say, and they're genuine, and I love it. And um, without you, and without your grace, and without you just like uplifting every time I talk to you, I don't think I would have made it to today. So. Wow. Thankful for you. Right. I don't know if that was the intended plan, but I don't know. Like something's just shifting for me. And I really thank you for that. And I want to like, hold on before we go. Chelsea's giving all this light, but Chelsea hasn't also told you guys that this is a master about to be graduated master's student. Um, so this woman is out here doing the work herself uh, over time. Um, what'd you say? May 2021? She's about May 15th. Come on, somebody. She is May out there doing the work. And she's also encouraging. So I really appreciate you for coming on. Um, yeah. So thank you for coming on. <laughs> so I want to just say lastly to all who are listening, uh, thank you for coming in and joining the session tonight. Um, thank you once again to our guest, Chelsea. Um, and until next time, oh, remember, guys, her company is Jewels of Jericho. Follow her on Instagram. And y'all heard LLC earlier. She is a business owner, honey. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you to Chelsea tonight. Follow her on all her social media sites with that handle. Um, and then lastly, join us again as we continue to converse and tackle misconceptions of mental health within our community um, and how to rebuild that. Thank you again for joining the session for the culture by the culture. And I hope you guys have a great day. Amazing night. Um, peace out.
that you don't really need me for nothing, but I need you for everything. 